The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. My guest today is Sean Korn. She's an internationally renowned vinyasa flow yoga teacher and spiritual activist. Very well known for her passionate and inspirational style of teaching and the work she is involved in throughout the world using yoga for positive social change. Sean created the yoga program at Children of the Night, a shelter that houses and educates adolescent prostitutes. She's been featured in commercials, magazines, and named the National Yoga Ambassador for Youth AIDS in 2005. And Sean now uses her internet, her national platform to bring awareness to the HIV AIDS crisis. Since 2007, she's been training leaders of activism throughout her co-founded organization, Off the Mat, into the world. I'd like to welcome Sean Korn to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. And before we get into the wonderful work that you're doing in the world, I'd love for people that may not be aware of you uh, to get to know kind of where you came from and how all this began in your life to really uh, support you in, in bringing out such a bright light and such an active voice to truly change the, the way the yoga community brings themselves out and truly takes yoga into the world more sacredly active than just on the mat. Well, I'd be happy to share with you. Um, had I had thought... That my that eventually my life and my commitment would end up in service uh, uh, would have surprised no one more than myself back in the day when I first got involved in yoga. Um, I got involved in 1987, and simply as a response to wanting to get a little healthier, and I was living in New York City. I was very young. I was involved in drugs and alcohol, which I liked a lot at that time, and yoga really helped me to. Um, make healthier choices, uh, not right away, but in time it just didn't it just didn't feel right to be putting anything into my body that was altering either my physical body or my consciousness once kind of yoga got its hooks into my soul. Um, but I practiced yoga for years before I moved to Los Angeles, and once I was in Los Angeles, uh, it just kind of evolved where I became I had the opportunity to do a teacher's training and then uh, become a yoga teacher. And I've taught yoga for the last 16 years. And in my path of teaching, it's been really quite blessed. Vinyasa flow yoga is very popular in the United States. It attracts quite a mainstream audience. And um, people who are more A-type in their personality, competitive perhaps, goal-oriented, but really hardworking, dynamic people. And um, at one point in my both my practice and in my teaching, something came up for me, which was 
really now what? Now that I'm happier and healthier, now that I've got fairly decent skills so as to deal with my stress in times of conflict and chaos, what do I do with the, the joy and the happiness and the light that's moving through my body? Do I keep it self-contained? Do I keep it on the mat? Or is a natural extension of my yoga practice to begin to express the energy outward. And for me, that's what finally made sense, both in my practice and, and as a teacher, realizing that I had uh, a really wonderful platform that seemed to engage many, many people. And I wanted to take advantage of this platform by using it in a way that would initiate not just personal change, but could also perhaps be a catalyst for um, transformation within a family or within a community, and maybe if we're lucky enough uh, on a national and international level. And it certainly has gone in that direction. I'd like to back up a little bit, Sean, because you said a couple of things that I think uh, perhaps some of the listeners might want to go a little deeper into. And and one of those things was that yoga kind of dug itself into you. And, And that tends to be the situation when a person starts starts a yoga practice. It's something that, that kind of connects to an individual in a very deep way. How does the practice of yoga support a person in releasing some of their um, habits that may not be the best for them or support them in becoming stronger or uh, more flexible, not just on the mat, but in their lives? Sure. Well, first thing I want to say is that yoga tends to meet a person where they're at. And meaning if your intention is to simply lose weight and get a little bit more flexible, yoga is going to create that environment for you. And on that level, it seems to draw a person in. They get enthusiastic. They get excited. And then suddenly, if and when the student is ready, a door opens and another piece of information that deepens their experience of yoga gets revealed, but it never gets revealed too quickly. It only seems to show up when the student is ready to be able to embrace it. So, For some people, their practice might be quite physical for a year. For others, it could take 10 years before there's a shift. And what this shift is or can be is quite physiological and energetic, meaning in the practice of yoga, we're taught that there's no separation between the mind and the body. Therefore, what it means is everything that we think, feel, or experience has a very specific impact on our cellular tissue. So our body doesn't understand linear time. It still holds on to the emotions of our embodied 8-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old. And so as adults, we have a remarkable ability to be able to be reasonable, to reason out the experiences of our life, compartmentalize them as right or wrong, and basically move forward. Well, what happens is... If you don't have a spiritual practice of some sort, it doesn't matter what it is, but some way of seeing a bigger picture, of being able to reconcile the events of your life through truth, love, and compassion, those emotions that we embody, including rage or unresolved grief or loneliness, obsession, jealousy, those energies are a vibration, and those vibrations have no place else to go but essentially back into our tissue, and it manifests as tension, stress, and anxiety. Tension, stress, and anxiety affects the immune system, neurological system, hormonal system, and makes us vulnerable to illness and disease. So what the magic part of the practice of yoga is, when you practice and you move and you breathe and you're aligning your body in specific ways, you are essentially releasing the tension. 
when you begin the process of re- releasing the tension, and this could take a long time, and I'm talking deep layers of tension, not just like the gross layers, but what's way in the connective tissue. When that starts to release, very often emotion starts to arise and a student can feel very vulnerable. And if they have a good teacher and they're being taught how to just stay present to it, breathe with it, just be in the experience of it without thinking it should be better or worse or different, the student creates an environment within themselves that can only lead to surrender. Tension, which is something that our culture tends to be very addicted to, is what creates control, separation, and uh, even a psychological uh, force of protection. If we let go of the tension, people get very afraid, well, what will happen? I won't be prepared. Well, in the yoga, you let go of the tension, and it can be really threatening. It can be scary. It's certainly confrontational, but it is the key to surrender, and that is ultimately the gateway to having a more conscious relationship with the God both within and within all. So to me, that's what the miracle of the practice is, and what makes it different than other forms of exercise is that through the breath and through body awareness, it can help you to access the deepest parts of yourself that have been resistant to the beauty that exists within you and the entire planet. That was beautifully said. And so as you engaged in the practice of yoga, for you, it was not just um, that you were getting healthy or even that you were letting go of some of the um, substance use that you had, but you were actually delving deeper into the inner landscape just because the practice allowed you to go to places that perhaps you had been blocking. Not right away. I'd say six years in. For the first six years, it was simply learning how to do downward dog and doing extra push-ups in class and just getting into my body and breath. And I didn't even know there was this other piece. Just one day I was in a pose. I was in pigeon. Teacher was prattling on about, I'm sure, love and truth. It didn't matter. I wasn't paying attention. Or at least my conscious mind wasn't paying attention. But what happened was uh, my body... All of a sudden, I responded. I gasped, and I thought, what was that? And I gasped again, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. And that's not my nature. It's just not my kind of part of my personality, and I got kind of scared. Yet at the same time, I could feel my body responding. It was fighting, and at the same time, trying to let go. And I ran to the bathroom, and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed, and I felt light years of tension released from my body and went back into the classroom, got into the other side of the pose, and suddenly I heard the teacher in a completely different way. And I kept thinking, did this teacher ever say this before? Or the other thought was, I think they're, I feel like they're talking just to me. And it took me a while, but I started to realize that when you begin to awaken in a classroom, when a teacher is speaking or they're playing the right music, all they're doing is simply reminding you of what you already know to be true and inserting the words within the places in our hearts that have been disconnected. And it's that realization that makes us feel like we're coming home. Well, and I think we start off, many of us, especially in this day and time, are so disconnected from our own bodies, much less our emotions and our heart, that the period of time that it took you, the six years, a lot of that was probably just reconnecting to feeling at home in your own body. Uh, Absolutely. It's what I see. Even in uh, the athletes that come to the class, I mean, they are technically in their body, but there's still this disconnect. And uh, I, and I understand it. There's a part of me that don't I, that that it's a survival skill. It's a way just to kind of move through the day and protect ourselves from the illusion that the world is an unsafe or untrusting place. So it makes sense that people would disengage because once you get into your body and you start to have to take, um, you know, connect, 
to your own true self, that means you also have to take total responsibility for your life. And that's really a scary proposition for many, many people. It's why what I love about yoga, the idea that it meets you where you're at. It is always just simply planting seeds. And as your mind-body begins to expand and mature, it's not so scary when you get these insights. You start to realize that every time you go into a new level within your yoga practice, it's simply an initiation. Um, but it's not a destination as if it's from the that you're going somewhere, it's actually you're returning to what is within. Today my guest is Sean Korn. She's an internationally renowned vinyasa flow yoga teacher and spiritual activist. She created the yoga program at Children of the Night, a shelter that houses and educates adolescent prostitutes. She's gone on to create another wonderful organization to co-found Off the Mat into the World. She has spent time in India, Cambodia, and Africa working with prostitutes and street children, teaching yoga, providing support for child labor, and educating people about HIV and AIDS prevention. Sean is a co-founder of the Seva Challenge Humanitarian Tours and encourages yoga teachers to get involved in fund and awareness-raising efforts across the the globe. We'll be right back with Sean Korn. You can connect with her at either of the websites, seancorn.com, that's S-E-A-N-E-C-O-R-N.com, or go to offthematintotheworld.org, offthematintotheworld.org. We'll be right back with Sean Korn. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you a mom or a mom-to-be? If so, a lot of questions and concerns may be going through your mind. So much information. How do we get it all straight? Tune in to A Labor of Love, Expectations for Pregnancy and Parenting with host Karen Engstadt. Our program will take you from the first steps of pregnancy to the first steps of your child. We'll cover unique topics as well, including using the law of attraction during pregnancy, elimination communication, and more. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Sean Korn's award-winning DVDs are available through Guy M and Yoga Journal and most recently Detox Flow Yoga from Sounds True. She is the co-founder of Off the Mat Into the World and has spent a lot of time supporting other yoga practitioners in understanding how important it is to get off the mat and into the world with our sacred activism. Sean's work continues to evolve and is deeply influenced by many of the great traditions. A uniquely modern yogini, both present to the challenging realities of contemporary life and deeply motivated by the great mystical teachings of inspired love, she's dedicated to exploring truth in all the moments of life, both light and dark, elements found in the human experience. Sean approaches life with a fierce willingness to learn and grow, and her commitment to make spirituality accessible and inspiring to all reflected reflected by her own willingness to deepen her personal understanding of the mysteries and the desire to share that with all she discovers along the way. Sean, as you continued through your own yoga practice, how did you see yourself change, aside from physically how did you notice your personality changing? How did you notice your own emerging light changing uh, and your awareness of, of what was going on in the planet changing? Um, again, it kind of evolved in different ways. I think the most marked difference between who I am today as where I was uh, 25 years ago when I first started yoga is I actually liked people better. And I think I like people better because I like myself better and not that I like myself because... I'm so phenomenal, believe me, I, you know, I'm a nightmare 80% of the day like most of the people on this planet. <laughs> but what I like and have adapted to is both the lightest parts of my nature and character as well as respecting the darker parts of my character and nature as being all aspects of the human experience, meaning I'm not afraid of the, the scary or ugly parts of my personality. I recognize them very sincerely as human and the more I've looked back at my own journey and have been able to forgive myself for some of the choices that I've made, have been able to understand why things have happened as they have, if I look at it mystically, then I have less self-judgment. And when I'm not judging myself, it's very difficult for me to judge other people. So when I meet someone on the path who's just fighting at the world or they're arrogant or cruel or, or dysfunctional, I can't help but if I see the immediate emotion of rage, I can't help but know that what's underneath that rage is simply grief. And if I see the immediate outward flow of arrogance, 
I can't help but know, but what's underneath that is just simply low self-esteem. So it's allowed me to become, over the years, much more compassionate, both to my own very human journey as well to, as to others. And that's something that surprised, surprises me because back in the day I would have been much less patient um, with people. I always had issues around injustice. I, I did not suffer fools lightly. And now I just feel in a very different place. I can see the fragility of the human spirit and the opportunity that each and every one of us as souls have to learn and to grow, and I want to support that process rather than fixate on um, the limitations. I want to see the opportunities. So that, I, think, I would say that would probably be the, the, the deepest thing that has I've committed to over the years is just opening my heart and seeing humanity in a, in a much broader way. And I think that's one of the expressions that is the most powerful of you. You're very real and you're very expressive and and you're very open about who you are, who you were, who you plan to become, that you really give a face to that saying, be the change in the world that you wish to see, because you allow people to see your humanness and your spirituality. What degree of inner work and how did you get the support to come to these great realizations of wisdom that you've just spoken? All of it seems very predestined if I look back at it, but... I, I got into yoga at a, at a young age, 19, and I also got into therapy at the same time. When I was young, I suffered from obsessive-compulsive disorder, and it, at that time, they, they didn't have a name to it. I just had these quirky little behaviors that seemed to help. If I didn't do them, I would get anxious, um, not to the point of anxiety attacks, but I could see the, the, the direction it would go in. But if I could do these, I used to be obsessed with the number four and eight and would do things on a physical level um, in patterns. When I realized, when I look back at it now, I realized what I was doing was trying to create control in my physical body because my outside world felt, felt so out of control and I didn't have the words. So the only thing to help the anxiety was by doing these patterns over and over and over again, whether it was touching something or blinking or swallowing or walking up and down steps and counting. It wouldn't matter but it would bring my body into some sort of alignment and calm. And when I turned 19 and moved, or I moved away from home at 17, but at 19 I realized that what was kind of a cute little quirk at 15 was actually getting in the way of my life. And um, I also had some superstitions around them. I wasn't raised with religion. And... I would also have a lot of fear around my, my parents' death or something bad happening to someone I loved because I didn't understand God or even necessarily believe in Him at that, at that time. I played God, so meaning that if I did things in certain patterns or in certain numbers at different times, I could protect the people that I love from getting hurt or dying. Very complicated for like a young person, but there wasn't really a lot of support to help me through the anxiety. And so when I was 19, I decided to get into therapy, probably the smartest thing I ever did in my entire life, because it taught me a new vocabulary that allowed me to uh, understand the depths of my own personality, to understand the rhythm of psychology and the language of psychology, which there really is one. And since I was doing yoga simultaneously, I was able to understand no, I wouldn't say fairly quickly on, but I did understand that there was a connection to my mind and to my body and that if I wanted to get through the anxiety, I had to learn not to do these patterns, but I had to learn to breathe 
and learn that everything changes. And that was something that both therapy and meditation and yoga brought me, meaning that if I'm in the anxiety, rather than touching and doing all my patterns, just wait and breathe. And, yes, the anxiety might continue to arise, but if I keep breathing, eventually something opens up and it simply becomes a different energy. And so I can't get attached to the anxiety. I just have to wait and breathe. And then nor get attached to the moments where I feel at ease because everything changes. So getting invested in understanding my history, how it influenced my body, how it impacts the choices that I make, how different circumstances in life can trigger the energy in my body, um, making me time travel, if um, that's the word I can use, uh, uh, meaning that I'm no longer in present time. Therefore, my reactions might not be in present time either. I might be responding from the fear of the 10-year-old or the anxiety of that 12-year-old, but not from my 44-year-old state of grace. And so this level of self-exploration has been something that has both scared me to death and also truly excited and inspired me. And to this day, you know, believe me, I would much rather be in a place where I can blame and point a finger at someone rather than having to take responsibility. I just know it doesn't work. And I just know that that's not what this journey is about. So I've got to fight that impulse the same way as everyone else. I just thank God that yoga's given me the tools. So instead of three weeks of acting out, you know, maybe I'll act out for half an hour. And then, all right, girl, take a breath, do your work, go in. You know what the real picture is here, but do it, commit to it. And then I can help me find a different perspective. That, and you've said several really powerful things that I'd like to go back and repeat. And one of the biggest ones I think that really um, – got me when you said it was that you were being God yourself. And and I think that's what a lot of people do. We do try to control our lives to such a degree. Um, perhaps it's a lack of trust or a lack of faith or a lack of an understanding of a God or, or a fear of a God that we try so hard to control that we become the God of our own lives. And, and then life just really doesn't work yep. because, because we're holding on to the steering wheel way too tight. You're truly a, a huge spiritual and sacred activist because you've made some tremendous changes in the world. You've really gotten some people off the mat and into the world um, that may have just considered their yoga practice to be a private, um, a private event for themselves or for the community they were involved in. And one of the other powerful things that you said was that you see these people in these situations and these circumstances now with a different degree of compassion. You see an angry person with a different degree of compassion because you're able to see those places within yourself. One of the problems in our world right now is the degree of apathy or the blind eye that so many people are turning to many of the issues on the planet. And something like what you're doing is so important because we need to be aware of what's showing up outside of us because it is reflected, reflective of our interior landscape. Mm-hmm. I am with Sean Korn. She is an internationally renowned vinyasa flow yoga teacher and spiritual activist. She is the co-founder of Off the Mat Into the World, which you can go to that website and find out more about what the organization is all about. It is offthematintotheworld.org. You can also connect to Sean Korn at seancorn.com, S-E-A-N-E-C-O-R-N.com. She's got several events coming up. There's going to be the Vancouver Yoga Show at the beginning of October. There's also weekend workshops available at Kripalu and Vinyasa Flow Intensive Trainings at Kripalu. 
at the end of October, and then in November, the Off the Mat Into the World Intensive, taking place in Denver, Colorado. Yoga Journals Conference is November 11th through 14th, and then another event of Shakti Vinyasa at the end of November. You can go to her website and find out more about these events and connect to some of her different products and other history about her. She's an amazing woman, so connect to SeanCorn.com. We'll be right back with Sean. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Journey into the realm of spirit, the source of all things. Master fear in these tumultuous times and learn ancient ways to abundant love and healing. Why Shamanism Now? A practical path to authenticity will awaken the unique genius within you. Host Christina Pratt challenges you to initiate your innate powers within to gain health, well-being, and joy through the practices of Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. Tune in each week to Why Shamanism Now? Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
Horn is an internationally celebrated yoga teacher known for her impassioned activism, unique self-expression, and inspirational style of teaching that incorporates both the physical and mystical aspects of the practice of yoga. As a strong and articulate voice for social change, she is also the National Yoga Ambassador for Youth AIDS, the co-creator of Off the Mat Into the World programs, and the co-founder of Bear Witness Humanitarian Tours. As you started to get restless with just having the yoga practice and feeling the need to go out into the world and do something else or be inspired to create something else from this, Sean. What sparked you to um, the attention of Children of the Night or to focus your uh, heartbreak on the adolescent prostitutes and and those with AIDS? Um, I wish I could say that it was a much more heroic story than it is. But here's the truth. I got involved in service um, with Children of the Night back in the, uh, I guess, the late 90s. And the only reason I decided to get involved with volunteerism was because at that point in my life, I had already been, I had been a teacher and I had started to make a living. Now, I never really made a living before. And for me, it was a very abundant time. And when abundance comes in, I know enough about the flow of abundance that you've got to put the abundance out. Otherwise, you stop the flow. And so I thought, well, I should probably put the abundance out. I Then, therefore, I need to volunteer. I'm only skilled at one thing, which is yoga. And I can kind of tolerate children, maybe, if they're between the ages of 17, um, 11 and 17. That was in my mindset. And quite frankly, it was that cavalier. I just didn't want to stop the flow. And so I went online and I looked at different things and found uh, Children of the Night. And I thought, oh, this is perfect. They house and educate 11-year adolescent prostitutes from the ages of 11 to 17, um, mostly girls, a few boys, all real, like, street hustlers from gangs. And I'm figuring this would be a perfect place to teach them yoga. They must have body issues, you know. It will be a wonderful environment for this. So I went down into the shelter um, very idealistic. I went in there, tried to teach them yoga. I walked in, and there was 15 uh, young girls, actually 13 girls, two boys, all black and Latin, all completely not impressed with me, not interested in the yoga, not interested in a single word that came out of my mouth, were rude, they were defiant, they were angry, they were disrespectful, and it was the longest hour of my entire life. And I could not wait for it to be done. And when it was over, I basically ran to my car, and I felt so filled with rage. I felt rage for the system, for these children, um, for their parents. Uh, All this judgment came up, and I couldn't help but think that these kids are going to end up back on the street. They're going to end up producing a bunch of other little cracked-out babies that are going to end up on the street that my tax dollar is going to end up paying for. That's how deep I went into my judgment. And all of a sudden, I burst out into tears And I think in that moment, my life changed because what I realized suddenly was what I actually met was 15 of my disowned self, Mm. meaning I witnessed a part of myself that I had thought I had healed. Instead, I had just very conveniently shoved her way in the back so no one could see my defiance, my anger, my issues with authority, uh, my disrespect. These kids triggered me so much because it was a part of myself I could not stand. And I thought, oh, my God, I think I know what has to happen here. This has very little to do with them. I've got to go back to them because if I can't learn what's underneath their rage, then I'm never going to be able to truly understand what's underneath my own. And 
I went back very humbled, and I approached the children in a completely different way. And instead of trying to teach them, I simply just shared the space and played. And the children eventually opened up and allowed me access into parts of their spirit. And I got to see the child in them, not, you know, the, the victim or the, the, the person who's been abused. I just got to see their grief. And I realized that that was what was underneath all of my rage as well. And so service for me became this real exchange. Um, I'm always grateful but slightly amused when people refer to any of the service that I've done as selfless service because in all the years I've been doing this, there has been nothing selfless about my intention. I have healed and grown in ways unimaginable because of the privilege that I've had to be a part of someone else's healing journey and experience. I feel like there, I, I don't even have enough money or time or energy to be able to pay back all the gifts that I've been given, uh, both just personally and emotionally through this process. It, it took my own healing. It sped it up years. Well, and that's what most people don't realize is that if we will allow those people that we judge or if we'll even open our hearts just enough to see some of what's going on in the world and see which things trigger us, that is really our healing. And our purpose here is to focus on ourselves. Yeah. You know, that word selfish has given, been given such a bad rap. But if we all were a little more selfish in our approach to our own healing, we would actually be able to support more people in theirs. Yep. Absolutely. It's what generated everything that I've done up to this point has been because of that experience in my car, experiencing both my judgment and that realization and thinking this is where I have to go. I have to reach where others might perhaps withdraw because what we're taught in yoga is that we are all one. We're all connected. It's my dharma to serve someone else's karma and to dignify the human experience with love. If I don't do that for me, my life doesn't quite make sense because I know that there's not enough there's not enough money or, or youth or hair dye or relationships to fill a void. And the only way to truly fill that void is by remembering who you truly are and who you truly are to each other. And the quickest way to do that is in relationship and therefore in service. And in working with these kids and in also developing uh, some of the other programs that you've developed, your spirituality grew not just in the discovery of yourself but in the expansion of who you were, they, they are saying now that entrepreneurship is a form of spirituality or our sacred activism is a form of spirituality. Did you ever consider that the outgrowth of that moment would turn into into the world uh, off the mat or any of the other things that you've been engaged in? No, it, it kind of took a life of its own. I just started doing my work at um, Children of the Night, but it influenced my teaching. So I started to teach workshops on um, spiritual activism and helping people understand that very often that which is their wound is the very place that they are most empowered to, to serve, meaning who better than an alcoholic to stand in the presence of another alcoholic with compassion and empathy? Who better than someone who's been sexually abused when they're ready to be able to stand in the presence of someone else who's been, a, in, been abused without shame and for me, it all came very much full circle, and I wanted to empower people to, instead of investing in their story, to begin to look at their experiences as the schoolhouse that has made them who they are and has provided them the wisdom necessary to stand in their own strength. And then, therefore, their service becomes 
not about fixing or changing someone, but simply by sharing and bearing witness to another person's experience with compassion and love. And so I started teaching these workshops, and I would get on the plane after I'd be done, and I'd think, I almost feel bad, like I was doing a disservice. I would get people so excited and inspired and enthusiastic by Sunday, and then I'd leave, and I'd think, they're going to feel amazing until Wednesday and Thursday. They're going to want to change the world up until then. And then life's going to start to take them over and their responsibilities, and they're going to forget that weekend. Maybe hold on to pieces of it, but the momentum gets lost. And that's really where Off the Mat into the World was born, was the now what? How do, we, how do we grab these people who are inspired and then take them to the next level, which is providing the practical tools or skills so that they can take that passion and activate it in their local community through outreach. How do they delegate responsibility? How do you work in community? How do you make service sustainable? How do you use it as a fodder for your own personal spiritual growth? These were the things that were exciting me and that I wanted to be able to initiate back to the yoga, back to the yoga community. And so that's been my, um, that was really the evolution of Off the Mat into the world. And Again, though, I didn't see that it would continue to get bigger and bigger with each year. It started with just little trainings. But then there was a moment where I thought, i got to put my money where my mouth is. Here I am telling people, now go out and change the world and raise money and delegate responsibility and work in community. But I need to be a model for that. Otherwise, I'm just one more person telling everyone else how to live their life, and that's just quite frankly annoying. So we created the Save a Challenge. And wanted to really be a reflection of how to, how to come up with an idea, engage the community, empower other people to support a vision. And so the Save a Challenge uh, has been really quite successful, and it targets not just the yoga community, but really anyone can get involved. But in the yoga community, there's 20 million people doing yoga. It's a billion-plus-dollar industry. And according to Yoga Journal, the average income of a yoga practitioner is $72,000. They also vote and pay taxes. That's a very, very powerful community. And I couldn't help but think, what would happen if you rally this community and focus on certain issues, whether it's um, educational, political, environmental, or social? If we could get away from the different styles of practice, that's irrelevant, and just go to the heart of the practice of yoga, which is unity and love, and align our money, our time, our energy, or even our prayers, something quite fantastic could and is happening. And the Save a Challenge was a way to begin the process of, of harnessing this energy. And it's been effective. In the last couple of years, we've raised, we're pushing towards $2 million so far, and we've worked diligently to be able to identify yoga uh, leaders in the yoga community, and it's been very effective. That's amazing. Sean Korn has created some amazing organizations and supported growth of many social, political, economic, and uh, humanitarian efforts. She has created Save a Challenge Humanitarian Tours, which encourages young yoga teachers to get involved in the fund and awareness-raising efforts across the globe. She also has Into the Mat uh, off the mat and into the world. And through that, there have been connections to celebrated speakers and musicians like Carolyn Mace, 
Stark, Joan Borisenko, Ben Taylor, and Michael Franti. Their commitment and effort, Sean, along with Off the Mat and Into the World campaign partner and Youth AIDS Global Ambassador Ashley Judd, were honored with the 2005 Songs of the Sacred Conscious Humanitarian Award. Connect with Sean Korn at seancorn.com, or you can also connect to the organization that she formed, offthematintotheworld.org. There's some amazing events coming up that you can attend that are going on through October and November. You can go to her website, but some of those include sessions at Kripalu in Berkshires, Massachusetts, also Yoga Kula at Berkeley, California, the Vancouver Yoga Show taking place at the beginning of October, the Off the Mat Into the World Intensive at the beginning of November in Denver, Colorado, and the Yoga Journal Conference in Miami, Florida. November 11th through 14th. We'll be right back with Sean Korn. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. If you are curious about IVF and third-party family building, what it is, and where you can get the answers you need, meet the surrogacy lawyer, Teresa M. Erickson. Teresa became a surrogacy lawyer after the wonderful experience of being a participant in third-party family building. Whether you're looking to IVF, becoming a donor or surrogate, or a prospective parent, you are sure to come away with valuable advice from our program. The Surrogacy Lawyer, your guide to IVF and third-party family building, is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Weekend after next, October 8th through 10th in Los Angeles, California, is the 8th Annual U.S. Mastery Conference presented by The Reconnection. Step into your passion and life purpose this year at this wonderful conference and immerse yourself in invaluable new information. Join this once-in-a-lifetime group of world-renowned speakers, authors, scientists, and luminaries. This is a place where you can engage with like-minded people and share your personal journey, elevate your health and happiness to new levels, and connect to your true healing mastery. Some of the amazing speakers that will be at this year's event are Bruce Lipton, Daniel Brinkley, Catherine Brinkley, Joe Dispenza, Raymond Moody, John Holland, Terry Cole Whitaker, William Tiller, and Dr. Eric Pearl. Go ahead and register at thereconnection.com and uh, learn how to master your own practice of the reconnection. My guest today is Sean Korn, and she is an internationally celebrated yoga teacher that has started a movement called Off the Mat and Into the World. Sean, you have done some amazing things. They have grown and will continue to grow. What is your vision going forward uh, now that this has grown to this point? Do you have a particular vision, or are you just going to allow it to organically continue to evolve as it has? A, a little bit of both. Um, as, in, as far as the trainings go, I'd like to, the, the trainings to continue to evolve, um, get leaders here in the United States creating their own circles in different communities and focusing on a variety of projects from the environmental health, from the environment to health crisis, whatever the individual is interested in, so that in the United States we just are rallying as much as we can so that if anything ever happens again, like a, a, a hurricane, Katrina, God forbid, or the hurricane that hit in Haiti, that very quickly we can mobilize, that there's this resource of we need to do a fundraiser, we need to raise this much money, here's where the money will go to, that everything's already been vetted, it's organized, and it's legitimate. That would be something in my heart if Automat into the World can become a resource center to be able to mobilize the, uni- the yoga community in a way to deal with any challenge that happens. That would be one thing. I'd like to see the Save a Challenges continue to grow. The way the Save a Challenge works is that the, everyone is, when I say everyone, anyone in the yoga community, anyone who's interested in yoga uh, or in helping to heal the planet, you've got one year to raise $20,000, and you cannot pay for the trip or this experience. You have to raise it. You have to go into your local community, raise awareness, and raise the money. If you can raise this money, you then get to come with me to the developing country that we're focusing on and actually see where the money is being spent. So we're in the middle of our, our third SEVA uh, challenge opportunity. The first one was in, to Cambodia. We raised $544,000, brought 20 women with us. Um, last year was Uganda, and we raised uh, close to $600,000. We built an eco-birthing center, a seven-room schoolhouse, um, the rest of the money was used to fund other grassroots projects uh, um, in the field, like uh, mattresses uh, for a local orphanage, uh, providing medical supplies and food supplies to different groups as well. And this year we're focusing on South Africa. We're halfway through the challenge, and we have are halfway to our goal as well. And we're going to be building a sustainable bakery, a halfway house, 
um, a library and computer commun- uh, excuse me computer center in an educational system that focuses on impoverished youths who excel uh, academically, amongst other projects. And we're really excited about the growth of this because off the into the world is self-sustaining. That means that the money that we raise gets to go towards the projects that we're focusing on. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a win-win for everyone. So the participants win by be, uh, stepping into roles of leadership. We focus on what the needs of the culture are. Rather than going in there and saying, we want to build a school and have our name attached to it, we go into the community and say, what are your needs? And they come back to us and say, well, actually, we need a hospice center or we need this library and here's why and here's how much it's going to cost. And we basically come in and we provide the funding as long as they provide us an opportunity to spend a day or two with them so that we can meet their their population or their pupils so that we can be a part of this experience really hands-on. And it's a huge yoga for the people who come because here in the United States, obviously, no matter how little we have, it's more than most of the people out in the world. Of course. And when you bring someone out into that environment and for the first time perhaps in their lives, they're, they're really seeing the end result of trauma. They're understanding that if you're dealing with genocide or, or apartheid, certain these traumatic experiences leave a being vulnerable to drug abuse or domestic violence or sexual abuse. And it allows you to be more compassionate because if you've been through those traumas and you didn't have any tools or any support to deal with the bigger emotions, you would drink too, you would beat your wife too, you would probably exploit your children. It's just a natural reaction to trauma. And so what we're trying to do is to go in there and learn how to respect why things have happened as they have but then provide very practical solutions so that we can support these cultures in their healing. So, Sean, what, what would you ask for, for the organizations? Is there anything that you would desire uh, someone come forward to do to assist this work? If someone wanted to come on one of the trips, which there's still time, it, it, you have it until December 15th, um, I would recommend going to offmatintotheworld.org, going to the action page and learning about the trip and how to get involved. We do twice a month phone calls. There's a toolkit that we send out. Uh, there's a lot of involvement. Um, that's one way. There, people are also can feel very free to donate to Off the Mat into the world uh, themselves. Just make a straight donation. Um, that's always appreciated also. But if someone wants to really learn how to become a leader, and it's not just about raising money and giving money over, I would say come to do a workshop. It's five days. The first couple of days is deep interpersonal work because you cannot do this work of service in the world. It's not sustainable unless you're doing your own inner work. Otherwise, your service very often is based on codependence, meaning let me fix you or change you so that I can feel good about me. Mm -hmm. My value of self is dependent upon whether or not I can make you happy. That's not a sustainable way to serve. So we teach people the skills so that they can go into their service in a much more proactive and healthy way. And that's really my first point of interest to empower others to do what needs to be done. Help yourself and you will help others. Get off your mat and get into the world. Connect with Sean Korn at seancorn.com or connect to offthematintotheworld.org. Get involved. Allow yourself to access some of the wonderful teachers and the wisdom 
and any of the workshops or the classes that you've heard spoken about today, it's very important that we find people that really allow us to feel motivated and inspired, that help us to reach inside and find that powerful being that we are ourselves. Just as we can see what's out in the world that feels wounded and disempowered, we can also connect to and see those that have stepped into their power. They're both you, the light and the dark, so step fully into it. SeanCorn.com, off the mat, into the world.org. I'm Simran Singh. My guest next week is Julia Cameron, the author of the bestsellers, Artist Way. We'll have a wonderful conversation about creativity. I look forward to being with you then. Until then, be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.